Hi, this is John J.P. Podlasic of Game Dev Advice. I'm a 30-year veteran of the game development industry and have a podcast where I interview artists, animators, programmers, designers, CEOs, and all different types of people that work in the game development industry. Whether you're an aspiring or an experienced game developer, you'll find useful, thought-provoking, and sometimes funny advice on the podcast. So check it out. This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. Hey, yeah, you. Did you know that Arcast is on Patreon? Go check out patreon.com slash Arcast for ways to help out the show and get some sweet perks in return. It could be something small, such as our $1 tier to show your support. Or join one of our higher tiers to get a shout-out, pick an episode topic, or even be a part of the show as a special guest. Even just sharing our show to your friends goes a long way. Once again, that's patreon.com slash artcast. Thanks for helping us, and keep it retro. Time to hunt. What's up, Argonauts, and welcome to another Retro Gaming Podcast. This is episode 157 of the Rcast. I am your host, David Gilton, and with me is a man who beats up street punks for quarters, Robert Workman. Indeed. You know what You know what they say? I'm going to take them for a ride. hey oh, hey <laughs> uh, It's all about Capcom this episode, guys. We've obviously got some news that we're going to talk about this week and uh, talk about some of the stuff that they've done in the past, obviously. So it's all about Capcom, so we had to bring in a Capcom-ish experts, and so we brought in the Coalition's Jake James Lugo. He's back with us again. What's up? Hey, guys. Thank you again for having me on here. Again, we're going to be smacking up some people this whole episode because that's what all Capcom is about, just smacking up people, taking away their lunch money, their quarters, so you can go smack some even more people. There Don't you take go. lunch money. These, <laughs> these people need to eat. I'm taking all the lunch money. All those freaking quarters you got in your pocket that Russell Rod, they're mine now. <laughs> I'm taking well, lunch money, brunch money, milk money, all the monies. <laughs> I'm not even going to have pudding left to eat when this is all over. What the hell? <laughs> exactly. Mean, mean people. I'm going to take the pudding too. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Take your pudding. I don't care if it's butterscotch. Give me that pudding. <laughs> Speaking of handing you stuff that uh, you really can't get anywhere else, I think we're going to start off our news today with, a, of course, the big news. Capcom has announced that they are bringing back several of their classics, but not in a way that you might expect there, David. Uh, they are bringing back Capcom Home Arcade, which is essentially a deluxe-sized arcade stick setup with the Capcom logo and buttons and all that and it has 16 built-in games here i mean you you read all the details here right yeah it's really really odd so i mean like it was really exciting just to kind of hear that capcom was going to do something big regarding retro gaming in some way especially because like capcom obviously owns a lot of like beloved ips uh especially when word kind of got out that alien versus predator like the arcade beat-em-up game uh is actually going to be like a part of it so you know it's like a lot of people were like really excited and then like when the actual uh product was shown off uh, namely Capcom Home Arcade, it kind of you know raised a few eyebrows, if you will. Uh, namely because like the fight stick, it's it's really like two like sticks, but like on one platform. 
uh, you know, with like a with like a six button layout for each one. Uh, but the whole thing is shaped like the Capcom logo. <laughs> yeah, it's like bulky. Really it, it, it's ultra bulky. I mean, like if you're carrying around on Evo, you probably need two people to carry it. That's how bulky this thing is. Well, it's for two players, so like it works yeah. out, I guess, in that case. <laughs> and, it, and it's weird how it's built. You can connect to it uh, with Wi-Fi to upload like you know leaderboards and stuff like that, but you can't mm. download new games. There are only the 16 games. And, you know, it's a decent variety. You have like Alien vs. Predator, like you said, a Capcom Sports Club, which has never been thrown in a collection before, Captain Commando, Giga wing mega man the power battle pro gear strider super puzzle fighter 2 turbo we've been waiting how long for a home port of that and we're still not getting it Ugh. yeah <laughs> i mean there are there are there's a variety of games here but i mean there are a couple of problems here first off this is the only way you could play some of these games like 1944 the loop master i mean we've been waiting for that puzzle fighter you know some sort of home compilation that has all that and instead they just throw it exclusively into the stick and then we take a look at the pricing it's 199.99 in pounds now that equates oh. to 261 dollars us yeah. or 349 dollars <laughs> canadian for 16 games on a bulky size double stick it sounds like something they're set aside exclusively for collectors now I wrote a whole piece over there at Game Revolution. I'm working with them now. I'm doing some stuff on the side. And I talk about the problems here. I mean, the fact that unless it was something Fox slash Disney said, there's no reason Alien vs. Predator should be just limited to this. I mean, we'll obviously get more details about this as we talk about their collections in the show. But you get the rights to Alien vs. Predator, you want to milk the hell out of it. I mean, look, look what they did with Marvel vs. Capcom Origins and Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Platform-wise, you know, Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, and they made money from it. But well, I mean, I don't know. Regarding Alien vs. Predator, though, um, I, I imagine that's really a Capcom decision because I think, like, Capcom knows that that's going to be a big selling point for people to want to pick up this thing. Mm -hmm. And I imagine that they're going to keep it exclusive to this thing in order to, you know, make it more, like, appealing for people to, you know, to actually buy it. Um, the real question, though, Jake James, does this yeah. uh, th does this mean that Capcom gets your lunch money? <laughs> Oh hell no! Not not for this. And the reason there's a couple of reasons for that. One, I think it's way overpriced. I think that this is not something that I think the common person is really going to jump into. I think that this is like you said, is for collectors. But even then, for collectors, I feel like it could do more and it could offer more. The game selection to me, I mean, there, there's a lot of great games in here. Alien vs Predator is a really cool one. There's a couple others in here that are surprising to me, like Ghouls and Ghosts. Obviously, you got classics like Final Fight, Super Puzzle Fighter Two, Strider, Strider's Strider. in there too. Strider's really cool. That's the arcade version of Strider, not the console port. So that, right. again, mm -hmm. it's a whole other dimension to that. But the thing to me is, like, then you've got confusing choices like Street Fighter 2 Hyper Fighting. Like, why is that super turbo for someone like me? I know that exactly. a, couple other, yep. a couple other people besides myself raised eyebrows with that. And you could even say the same thing about Darkstalkers. Like, apparently, that's the first Darkstalkers game, but that's the worst version of the franchise. Like, there's better yeah. versions of that game. Yeah, you want Night Warriors Darkstalkers Revenge. That's the, 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 the key one because that brings in the extra characters and stuff. There's other things too that I feel like, you know, if you want a good collection like this on a on an actual plug and play console that's like a collection of Capcom arcade games, I feel like there's other fighting games, maybe not the Marvel versus Capcom games, but other fighting games that Capcom has done that haven't gotten a lot of shine that could have been included in something like this. And maybe it would have bumped up the value and maybe possibly justified that price point a little bit more, but I still think it's way overpriced at the current moment. It's way overpriced. Uh, there's also way too few games, honestly. Like 16 games is just not enough really to. The PlayStation anyone. Classics got more than this. Oh, exactly. And, you yeah, know, yeah. Most of those games are shitty, but you know, you don't see them charging like three hundred bucks for it. <laughs> so. Right, right. I mean, like honestly, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't go with, um, you know, as, as you mentioned there, with like Super Street Fighter Two Turbo, um, or like the third Dark Soccer Street game, Fighter or, Alpha. 
or Street Fighter yeah. Alpha or Street Fighter 3 Third Strike, like games like that, like it just makes more sense that kind of add to something like that's supposed to be a collection of your, you know, of like the best of the best, whatever, of like arcade games. And obviously this isn't that, but they are kind of adding in some like kind of kitschy titles in there, like Capcom Sports Club, Armored Warriors. Eco like Fighters. Eco Fighters, yeah. I mean, this and, is very gimmicky to me and I get it. It's a compilation of everything Capcom, not just fighters or not just a specific genre or side of Capcom. I get that. But even then with some of the other collections that have come out on other platforms that are digital there's better selections of, i mean knights of the round you know dungeons and dragons like different things like that i feel like could yeah, have been yeah. awesome for something like this even like the disney afternoon collection you know you get like um what six games for 20 bucks here you're paying essentially 13 dollars an arcade game right which some <laughs> exactly. of these are not worth it to be honest exactly I mean, you know, i'm not paying i'm not paying 13 dollars for street fighter 2 i already have four versions of street fighter 2 <laughs> i'm good thanks but right it just seems like there's too many limitations. Plus, I mean, what if you only want to take it solo? You're telling me there's not an option for a single player stick that's maybe a hundred bucks. That would be a far better value. But no, we have to buy the twin one. And what about those that don't have a player too? You know, here's the I thing: mean, novelty on. of this is really cool. Like, I get it the way it's built. I mean, granted, it's very conceited and gimmicky as the Capcom logo. I think that's what really caught everybody's attention. But I think the novelty of it, having an arcade stick with two players readily available, like in the actual old school arcade, I think that's cool. And there's an appeal to that i just don't think that that same appeal really translates to the value that they're asking for right now exactly yeah, yeah. and like capcom like obviously has like a lot of value in their ips in general but like and, and you know I, I do like the whole idea with like having like the two like you know having the two like arcade sticks like side by side just having like one kind of like thing basically just like how, how you know how like nintendo has been doing with the nes classic and snes classic just have like a simple plug and play way for people to play like their old school classic games like i think that's there's like a real value and real market out there for that it's it's just that you know Capcom's not exactly doing this like the right way, and as far as like the shape itself, like you know that's that's like you know it's like whatever it's cute whatever it's, it's something that I think I would rather have like on my wall rather than like something I have to like you know physically play with like all the like you know bells and whistles and stuff. Um, but you know as far as like the game selection, I mean there definitely needs to be more games. There definitely needs to be more games that people actually want to play, and also like to bring down that price. And if Capcom's not willing to concede with like one or a few of those. Then at the very least, make Alien vs. Predator available on modern consoles. Yeah, Thank I agree. you. Yeah, the Switch port. The Switch port would sell like hotcakes. You know, wh- all platforms, all digital d- uh, downloads on PSN, Xbox One, and on Nintendo Switch. I think that people would would enjoy that. Yeah, make a Capcom Arcade Cabinet 2 and sell it as DLC. I'll still buy the hell out of it because I'll tell you what, when you price something at the right price, even as an add-on, it adds fundamental value. And fellas, I think we can agree that's what the Super Smash Brothers team is doing because the new update is available. Smash Update, a Smash Ultimate 3.0 because they dropped a Smash Direct on us last night out of nowhere. You know, and they're giving us all sorts of stuff. You know, we get a free level editor. We get some free uh, video sharing features, all that. But of course, the big thing is that Joker is now available from Persona. Yeah. Indeed, for six for six bucks, or if you buy the season pass for $25, your choice. Uh, you get Joker, you get his memento stage, which looks amazing, and you get Persona Spirits, and you get like, what was it, 13 songs? 11 yeah. songs? Oh, around there, yeah. They could have used more, though, to be honest, without being a little, little picky about it, they could have used more because there's a lot of great Persona music. that they Because yeah. they got like 20-something or like 50-something tracks for Castlevania. I mean, come on, Atlas. Yeah, that's true, that's true. I mean, like, and Persona's like known for like, it's like amazing yeah. music as well. Yeah, but you know, they're saving that for Persona 5 for Switch. You know that. That may be, maybe, yeah. I mean, we're still waiting on, like, the official word on that. You never know. E3, E3. <laughs> for sure. But let's be honest, they're, they're, they're killing it on this DLC front. This is a hell of a first edition, and it kind of makes you wonder, 
But when they announce new characters, are they going to go this deep? I think they're going to go even deeper. I would love to see a Tomb Raider stage with Lara Croft as the DLC and some flames just shooting out everywhere and making it difficult to fight somebody. Or even that Dragon Quest thing. Oh, you know something? Honest to God, I think that with a lot of the news that's been coming out with the whole Xbox Game Pass thing on Switch, I think the next one we're getting is Banjo-Kazooie. I I really would love to see that. Just certain things about that that just don't make any sense until you start thinking about, okay, what if they had a character in Smash Brothers? Now things start to fall in place. And I feel like that's the one that has a great legacy that's, again, underneath their umbrella that could be related to Nintendo in such a way that would get people very excited. I agree. And you know what? They can always lead to bigger things too. Throw Ori in there. Throw Cuphead in there. Yeah. You know, Jackson, Cuphead. Throw Cuphead, would Cuphead be in there would be Cuphead nice. Would be so yeah. good. I'm surprised that Shovel Knight wasn't already like added in as a character. Like, because I, I know he's in there as, as like a trophy, but it'd be great he to see him, him as like a playable. Yeah. Rayman. Your Rayman would have been good. Rayman would be nice. Yeah. I'm going to bring up Luigi again just because. Yeah. Oh, Conquer. Yeah. yeah. Conquer too. Be funny yeah. as hell if he was cursing and he bleeped out every other word. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. That'd be so See, funny. that's that's how that would work, actually. Yeah, because yep. I was like thinking is like I I wouldn't want Conquer in there because I know that they would just like neuter him like from how he is like in the N64 game. But like, you know, if they actually like had it like where he was cursing and just bleep out everything or whatever, then that could work. Cause you know, if you look closely at when uh when Joker does his um his like final smash, instead of like the blood spray effect that like it does, like after you know, after he does it, it does like sparkles or whatever. Yeah. Which is fine, it's like a workaround to like making it not as as graphic not as violent basically uh but um you know like, like i think that could actually work if you added in conquer instead of like you know making people upset that you neutered conquer yeah just just have just, have, just like be bleeps and bloops and all it would that. just be hilarious like have all yeah. those like instead of it being bleeps have it be like sounds from the game i think that would be even hilarious but yeah guys you can check out the joker dlc now again you can get a character separate for 5.99 that includes the stage and the music or you can do the season pass for 24.99 that's a good option to take as well so it's kind of funny you know how things come full circle and speaking of which snk wants to do something full circle too i mean obviously besides samurai showdown we know that's coming but yeah I mean, they're doing some other stuff here, too, David. Yeah, yeah. So like, with Samurai Showdown coming out, and a lot of people are really hyped for that, and for good reason, because it's an amazing game so far. Um, I think SNK is trying to like ride, ride, you know, ride like a bit higher now uh, with the announcement of a new Metal Slug game, uh, along with the announcement of King of Fighters 15, uh, which I believe was announced already before, uh, but also with um, with some new Neo Geo consoles coming out, uh, and, and they call it like Neo Geo 2 and 3, basically. And I imagine like those names will change over time. Um, but they are essentially announcing two new consoles. Uh, one of them, at, at least I know one of them anyway, is like supposed to be like a full-fledged console. Or like I'm not sure if that the other one is going to be as well, if it's going to be more like a plug-and-play sort of thing, like how they did before with the Mini. Um, but this is like really exciting news to kind of see SNK back in the groove here. They're, they're just really plotting on some good stuff for the future. I mean, I still remember the wonderful episode we did last year where Samurai Showdown was first announced, and Hip Hop Gamer knew nothing about it. And we showed him the trailer, and he just said, I and he quit. freaked out. I quit. <laughs> yeah, he just said, I, I quit. quit. <laughs> he didn't, apparently. He lied yeah. to us, but he, he, whatever. <laughs> He's still Howard, <laughs> <laughs> you need to quit. <laughs> You're too legit to quit, apparently. Anyway, right. but, but yeah, I mean, you know, they're coming back strong between like Metal Slug, between Samurai Showdown, King of Fighters 15. Obviously, their classics are coming back by Arcade Archives. You know, they got Samurai Showdown 5 special releasing this week. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's like another Arcade Archives release, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, obviously they're going to – there's some sort of announcement that's going to happen with SNK 40th Anniversary Collection too. Maybe we'll see more classics out of that. So That'd be nice. They're they're killing it on all these these angles. It's just – it's really good to see them come back. I remember at one point they were on the ropes. 
Like they, they were just, yeah. they were about to call it quits. They, they, they'd sold to another company or whatever. You could find Neo Geo pockets in like the machines in Japan, there's little claw machines and it was kind of a sad state of affairs, but now, you know, now they're on fire, El Fuego, if you will. And it's, it's pretty nuts. Now, as far as like the Neo Geo consoles go, as long as they're appropriately priced, then I think yes. they'll be okay. Yeah. I think they learned a lot. Learn from, from Capcom, please. <laughs> yeah, or even themselves. Like one hundred fifty dollars. Don't make it over one hundred fifty or two hundred dollars. Yeah. Or make it like five hundred or six hundred, like how, us... how the Neo Geo consoles were before. Remember? <laughs> can can oh, we God. have control options too, and not like a dinky little arcade cabinet that can hurt my thumbs? Thank you. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, but, but there is that. Uh, there's also the word apparently that Samurai Showdown is already profitable because of the pre-order numbers. So yeah, that's, that's, that's great. That's, hey. that's that's good news <laughs> well, too. And they showed yeah. a new fighter this week. Uh, Dagger, I believe it was her. Uh, Diala Dagger. They oh, showed a new Dar- fighter. Yeah, Darla Darla Dagger. Yeah, Darla Dagger. Yeah, they actually showed off like a few of the characters in the latest trailer. I know. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know if you caught that at all, but like they they, they had like this uh, this guy who kind of looks like he's from Naruto <laughs> almost. Like he has kind of like this wild like white hair and like a mask and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, like they, you know they, they've been showing off like some of the new characters in that latest trailer, and it's looking really really cool. I can't yeah. wait to, to get my hands and, on it. And that. maybe once I get my hands on it, I'll be good again. That'd be great because the yeah. play the packs, I, got, I got murdered. We well, got like time like, to practice, and then we can have a rematch, and it'll be all yeah. good. So. I'm, Alan, I'm Alan Iverson over here. It's all about practice. <laughs> practice? Practice? Yeah, practice. <laughs> but it's all about the practice. Here's one more little interesting stat. SNK Heroines Tag Team Frenzy sold over 300,000 copies with a lot of the sales from South Korea. I, I thought this was interesting because it's not your typical SNK fighting game. It's more of like a, a cartoonish affair, obviously, with a dead or alive sexy vibe but it's great to see that had a a nice little following to it i thought that Mm -hmm. was pretty cool too absolutely absolutely and uh, that's not the only thing that's making a comeback actually so uh there is a game called advanced buster hawk glay lancer which collectors will certainly recognize the name of uh it was a mega drive game i believe and uh it is uh it's like one of the more like expensive and rare games out there like i know i know this is kind of like a like a name i've kind of like heard in passing uh just like here and there in like collector circles but uh, apparently this is getting a reissue another like mega drive cartridge reissue and um so it's looking really cool and like something that like um you know that like people who haven't been able to like experience this game and want to experience the game or at least be able to kind of collect the game without like having to mortgage their house uh will certainly appreciate so yeah i mean this is definitely one of those old collectibles that's going to be worth having again without having you like break your wallet and it kind of makes me wonder like what would happen if a company had the rights and were able to release like a lot of the other classics from the genesis days i'm talking wolf team I'm talking mm, like El yeah. Viento. I'm I'm talking like you know, uh, uh, what's the name of the Garys? Garys is like a terrific shooter that deserves a replay. Garys sounds like a diner. No, G A I A R E S Garys. Oh, whatever. You know me. I can't pronounce anything on this show. I I Garys. Garrus. No, that's the story. He's in Mortal Kombat 11. That's Garrus. That's that's Garrus. Yeah, yeah. But we're going to be here on that. Anyway, uh, it would be great to see more classic Mega Drive releases like that in the fold that are affordable and have this great packaging to them. But that's not the only game getting a re-release here either. Um, Retrobit Gaming has announced that they are bringing back Irem's Metal Storm for NES. Uh, they've released some classics in the past. They released the R-Type 3, obviously. Uh, they released the Daddy's Classics, Joe and Mac. And now they're releasing Metal Storm. It's going to be coming sometime this summer between Castlemania and Limited Run Games. Pricing hasn't been revealed yet, but I'm guessing it'll be well below the price that you'd pay for the original cartridge, which is kind of good. Right, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, that one I said right. Metal Storm. You can't screw that up. So, I'm just (laughs) saying. But it's great. You know, we're seeing these these re-releases kind of 
give justification, give us a way to like, you know, play the games without, I don't know, breaking the bank Capcom, mm-hmm. but you know, it's just, <laughs> and the little collectibles too. Retro, but does really well with the collectibles. Cause our type three was loaded with them when it came out. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if this one had like, you know, a poster, a soundtrack, something along those lines. We'll definitely have to get in touch with them and see what they have. In mind. It should come like with an issue of that Nintendo Power um, cover, like with Millstorm, like on the cover. Oh, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. They actually, if you take a look at the at the link we have in the in the, um, in the notes there. Um, yeah, a neat little Millstorm cover. That's pretty well designed. Actually. It is. Yeah. And I like the blue in the background. I like that. Welcome. So let's kind of get to the part of the show now called What Are You Playing? We get some games you've all been playing or have recently beat. So, Jake James, with you being our special guest, why don't you tell us what you've been playing? So I've been playing a lot, but, like, the main two games that I've really been hammering down on, you know, for review and stuff is one Cuphead for Nintendo Switch. I've been playing a lot of that. That's Mm -hmm. really making me work to get through this game for review, as well as also recently, because it just came out not too long ago on Nintendo Switch, uh, Final Fantasy X and X2 HD for Nintendo Switch. Now, I love FF10 for a couple different reasons. I know a lot of people don't like that game uh, as like one of the better Final Fantasy games, but I love the music of that game. I love Nobu Uematsu's uh, mm. tracks and all the different types of like music. I was the laugh. Oh, the, <laughs> uh, the laugh, man. Yeah, exactly. Now it's portable with Nintendo Switch. But, um, there you go. <laughs> but uh, but I'm I'm enjoying it again. It's it's the same game as always. Again, it's very similar to the other re-releases that it had on PlayStation Four, PS3, and PS Vita. Uh, and I'm just enjoying those games right now, and I can't wait to talk more about them and review. Sounds good. How about you, there, Robert? Uh, main one I've been working on is Cuphead for Nintendo Switch. Uh, very well done port. Uh, of course, it's one of my uh, favorite games out there. Uh, it was one of my game of the year a couple of years ago, and it could very well be my game of the year for Switch. I kind of want a physical version though. I, I don't know what it is. I, I, I just like the idea of collecting a physical cartridge. And our buddy Gandacris, she's making a case for it, but I'm like, I want the cartridge. Can I just have the cartridge? Is there not already like a physical version? No, it's just digital right now. It's digital at the moment. Yeah. I thought there was one. I didn't know that there was only digital. Yeah, it's weird. You know, there's a physical one for Xbox One, but it's not really physical. It's just the case with the download code. They never gave it a physical release, which is why I really hope we get one. I think they're waiting to release the final DLC because they're doing like the bonus characters and they're doing right, like a couple more right. stages that they're going to throw in there. So that's later this summer. So hopefully. So is the Switch port like basically the exact same game or are there yeah. any like added bells and whistles to it's it? It's the same game, but it's really well done. You know, it's like amazing how, how good it looks, either, either docked or, you know, portable. And the music, of course is the best part about it because the soundtrack is really inspired and the game is tough as a mother still. <laughs> we were talking before yes. the show, like parts <laughs> we were stuck on, like damn flower piece of man. Flower, it flower. makes you work. <laughs> it does. It really oh, yeah. does. But I like games like that. Well, provided they aren't buggy. <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> but, um, you know, I've been playing that and then time pilot got released uh, through arcade archives on PlayStation four and Nintendo switch. I picked up both versions and it is great as always. Uh, you know, you can turn it on its side and do the whole, um, uh, what's that view called when you do like the narrow view? I forget now. Shoot vertical. Fish I guess. eye view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's really cool. You know, it's sort of like what what you do with Donkey Kong. It looks like the arcade monitor. It's very cool. Uh, The controls work really well. It's got a good high score mode. I've already got a high score into the 340,000s, and people are complaining about it. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Um, So, yeah, I've been enjoying the hell out of that. And then uh, currently I'm working on Final Fantasy. I haven't gotten too far yet. And also World War Z came out this week. I have mixed feelings about this one. On the one hand, it is the closest thing we have right now to Left 4 Dead before, you know, obviously Back 4 Blood comes out this summer. And, you know, it does have some good co-op stuff, but it also has a lot of bugs. Really? Like, it broke on me twice while I was trying to play it. It just reset completely, and it pissed me off. (laughs) This game is out, too, so I don't know. I mean, 
I still had some stuff to go through there, but uh, feelings are mixed at the moment. Hopefully that's yeah, something hopefully that they'll, they'll like patch. fix later on then, I guess. Yeah, yeah hopefully. And then um, one final game I wanted to bring up here was Katana Zero. Uh, this coming out from Devolver Digital. It's out today, actually. Or actually out now. I should, I should say it released yesterday. And it's really cool uh, game where you go through these stages and you have this interesting tactic. Like if you die once, you have to start the stage all over again. And then if you complete it successfully, hmm, that'll work. And then it shows the replay of what you did in the stage. Yeah. It's, neat. Oh, it's him kind of like planning out as far as like how he's going to do like the mission. And then if it goes successfully, then that's what he'll do basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's, cool. it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty wild, but it's a lot of fun. I, I had a good time with it and I think you guys will as well. All right, David, what have you been playing? Uh, so I do have a code for Katana zero. I haven't played it yet, but I should have a review up on, on, nintendoenthusiast.com by the time that this episode is out um and uh so you know so like as far as what i've been playing otherwise i've, I've been playing uh chrono trigger obviously as uh, you know spill you know still kind of going through that uh, especially with like the uh like ds version actually uh because that has like the bonus uh, part of it like with uh with you like helping out the reptites basically in 65 million bc as well as in um in 600 ad and um yeah i'm still like kind of figuring stuff out with that i'm not really a huge fan of the extra content to be honest and i won't really complain about it because it's extra content and it's completely optional or whatever um mm-hmm. but i'm still like kind of figuring it out and I, I just don't like a lot of the you know back and forth nature of like those, those particular missions but um but otherwise like it's uh you know it's, it's still good still chrono trigger it's still, you know still a lot of fun so i'm just kind of taking my time with that um aside from that still playing through destiny 2 i'm just kind of playing through that until mortal kombat 11 drops which is basically a week from now um so uh when when mortal kombat 11 drops i'll pretty much drop destiny 2 entirely to go full-time with that um, and aside from that, I've been playing Enter the Gungeon as well. So um, Enter the Gungeon recently had its uh, its final DLC, uh, Farewell to Arms, and uh, just been enjoying the hell out of it and still trying to beat the pass with the bullet. Uh, that's the only character who I haven't beaten the past with, basically, which is like the final like bonus level uh, like for that's like, that's like specific to the character. Um, so and because I, I got I got to like that final part again, and like what's really cool about that final part for for like the bullet like in this past level is uh, that it plays out like a link to the past. So you you first start out, you basically see like your uncle, he, like he's like slain, whatever, and he like tells you like n- you know not to move forward, whatever. It's too dangerous and all this, and then you like beat up like a couple of like the uh, guards with the swinging maces, just like in the castle and uh, in in the link to the past, and then uh, you come across Agunim, who is basically Agunim, and then after that you you come across uh canon who's basically ganon um so it's uh it's, it's really cool i love like the little like you know the love there for uh, for zelda and that's in that level but uh still have to beat it because it is very very difficult so uh still still working on that um and one thing that you should definitely be working on is wolverblade or whoever like wins like this code here for wolverblade i do have a ps4 code for it uh so help britannia defeat the romans in wolverblade a hardcore side-scrolling beat-em-up inspired by classics such as golden axe sengoku and knights of the round experience a historically inspired storyline across eight campaign levels or test your skills in the game's deadly arenas go it alone or team up with a friend in local two-player co-op it's time to show the Ninth Legion what you're made of. So if that sounds like a jam, definitely jump on this. Again, this is a PS4 code. The code is K-T-T-H-H-P-N-6-R-J-L-6. Again, that's Wolverblade on PS4. Enjoy. And uh, also be sure to let us know if you redeem that code uh, over on Twitter at Podcast. Welcome back to the Stage of History.
And with that, we have the Stage of History, which is a celebration of retro titles that deserve a spot, for better or for worse, in the pantheons of history. So I figure since we're going to be talking about Capcom arcade classics on the show, uh, that we mention a couple of arcade classics that are on that uh, that like Capcom home arcade that's going to be releasing. Uh, namely, Alien vs. Predator. So, Alien vs. Predator is a 1994 beat-em-up by Capcom. A Sega 32X port was announced in 1995, but never released. It was based on a rejected script draft that was to adapt the Alien vs. Predator comic book series to film, and playable character Dutch Schaefer is named after and roughly based on Arnold Schwarzenegger's character from the original Predator movie. Uh, which is really interesting, actually, because, like, you kind of see as far as, like, the art style with that particular character, he's kind of, like, the big brawny, like, male character in that, like, with the cybernetic arm. You can imagine, like, if that movie actually came to pass, if we would see Arnold Schwarzenegger with a big cyber arm, like, almost, like, cable-like or something, it'd be really cool. Um, so, Jake James, I'll have you start us off, actually, with Alien vs. Predator. Have you played this? Yes, of course. I think everybody at some point or another has crossed over and played uh, Alien vs. Predator in some form, whether it was in the arcade, whether it was on console, whether it was, you know, through like a re-release, like an emulator or something, you know, something random like that. So I think it's a pretty cool game. It's it's one of those games that uh, that you kind of think of and it's like, wow, that happened back then. And it's kind of funny enough how you haven't seen it really in an official capacity in a long time. Because when you also think of Alien vs. Predator, you also think of the other types of like FPSs and games that we got over like various different consoles. But this was the one that felt different was very fun i think unanimously a lot of people that have played this game really enjoy it myself included so i think it's a pretty cool game it's a great addition to that capcom uh, arcade uh, collection that they're releasing with the, the actual hardware so i think that's pretty cool i like robert and everybody else i still want it on like psn Nintendo switch and everywhere else yes please and thank you and i'll tell you this i was really surprised like how much more I love the Alien versus Predator game than I did the movies because the movies were horrible. Oh yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, having the games be so spiritual and letting you choose between humans and predators just incredible, and the boss battles were really well done. You know, and in fact, this is probably my favorite Alien-related game outside of like Aliens for Konami because that was really loyal too. Was that the and, Jaguar game or no, no, no? Aliens Arcade. Oh, uh, it was okay. released in 1986 from Konami, the shoot 'em up. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, funny thing here, there was an Alien vs. Predator game released for Super Nintendo, and it was a beat-em-up, but it was not this. It was a really crappy one by Absolute Entertainment, and it was pitiful. And it was like... It was a diet version. Yeah, we needed we needed this ported to the Super Nintendo. We needed this in Capcom beat-em-up collection, because this is such a good game. I mean, like, the home consoles back then couldn't handle this game, and um, there was actually no home port for this game at all. Like, this never came to home No, I'm thinking, what I'm saying is, like, people have played, like, emulators, like, you know, through, like, arcade emulators. Oh, emulators, yeah, for sure. For sure, yeah. Otherwise, this this only came to arcades, and it's, I don't know, it's kind of hard to find unless you just kind of happen to find, like, a place that still has old-school arcade machines. Like, luckily, the round one that's near me has has, you know, has an arcade machine for for alien versus predator which is really cool but that's why like this game has been like you know like been been like asked for like for so so long and like now that we have it you know available for for home use um you know people are like wondering it's like well do i want to spend 200 dollars in order to play the game basically yeah now, i'll tell you this though it is great having two varied predator characters you have the warrior and you have the hunter Mm-hmm. And, you know, the hunter seems to be a, a little bit less skilled than the warrior, but they're both great characters. And, you know, being able to mix them up with the humans is really cool. I mean, that was one cool part of the storyline because, you know, they could have hunted each other, but instead they knew together they had to stop the alien scourge. I mean, that's that was an awesome twist that I wish had some sort of form in the in the Alien vs. Predator movies. Because You know what shit, I wish? I wish I wish this was adapted to an animated type of like feature, like an yeah. anime or like some sort of cartoon. That would have been awesome. And you could get like Arnold Schwarzenegger to do like a voice. 
in it for something like that, you know, to keep that same like original concept alive. I think that would have been dope. Somebody over at Capcom should be thinking about that. Yeah, and yeah. while they're thinking about stuff, uh, that brings us to our next title there, David. Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo. We cannot talk about this enough. Indeed, yes. Yeah. So this is this is actually one of the games uh, I believe uh, it was it was actually second actually in our in our greatest retro game of all time in, in episode yeah, 100. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's about time that we that we had it like in the stage of history. Uh, so this is a 1996 puzzle game by Capcom. It was made as a response to Sega's popular puzzle title Puyo Puyo 2. The character roster is primarily a mishmash of Street Fighter and Darkstalkers characters. And the HD remix release for uh, for, for Xbox 360 and PS3 supported up to four players. Um, and uh, with, with that character roster, like, it's really interesting. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, like, it's, it's a mishmash of Street Fighter and Darkstalkers. But there was one character who did not belong to those, uh, which is Devilot uh, from Cyberbots. Um, yep. It was really, really cool. So, And I believe, like, the only other game that I can think of that she was also in was as an assist character in Marvel's Capcom 1, I believe. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, like, it's, it's a really, really cool game. A lot of fun and uh, definitely one that's uh, worthy to go up against Puyo Puyo. And honestly, why did they not get a backwards compatibility release in Xbox One? We'd be right at home with this. You That'd know, be great. A yeah, board. a switch pour would, would like make all the sense in the world, honestly. So yeah, yeah, but instead, what did we get? We got a mobile game from two years ago, just called Puzzle Fighter. And yeah, it, it was decent variety of characters and stuff, but we don't want mobile. I mean, the we characters was console. The characters wasn't the issue in that one for sure. No, the <laughs> gameplay was definitely an issue. But I mean, yeah. like we, we could use a revitalized version, or we could at least, very least, like I said, Xbox One backward compatibility, especially with four players it, it's a party title mm-hmm. you know it, it's one of those things I, you know when you pit like you know cartoony dan against cartoony felicia it's amazing even like Sienko, you know and i said that name right thank you <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a really great variety of characters there and the counter gems i think that's the thing i really enjoyed the most like you, were, you could be down and out you could have like a screen halfway full and everything and all it took was finding that one perfect gem and all of a sudden you could turn the tide oh yeah and hammer your opponent and taunt him while you did it and watch him leave your life forever it's amazing the <laughs> comeback factor in this game is huge and that's that's why it's like so much fun because like at any yeah. given moment you can really make like a huge comeback since like the the trash blocks that you throw down at, at like the other side like the the other player can instantly convert that into an even bigger attack against you so it's it's just really really cool it's really fun really frantic and uh, it's, it's definitely one of the best puzzle games out there for sure we need a re-release. I mean, Capcom, I know you guys are keen on these right now, and I know you're trying to pile up stuff for the home arcade, but think about us that don't have $300 laying around. You got the HD remix right there. Just port it, please. <laughs> please, how hard is it? I mean, you know, if you can make a beat-em-up collection, you could give us Puzzle Fighter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's probably, like, tougher than we think it is, but still, I mean, like, the, the game code is there, so, I mean, it shouldn't take yeah. too much resources anyway, but, yeah. So. Yeah, come on, guys, please. Right. You know, E3's coming up. Come on. And that's going to lead us now to Obscura. I wanted to pick a game that was not on the Capcom Home Arcade, but I did want to bring mention to it because Capcom did a lot of great stuff in the Sega Dreamcast. We're talking Cannon Spike, we're talking the Power Stone games, we're talking the Gigawing games. Uh, one game that I wanted to bring up here uh, is Mars Matrix. Uh, this is a shooter. It's called Mars Matrix Hyper Solid Shooting. It came out in 2001 for the Sega Dreamcast. It was uh, originally developed by the team at Takumi Corporation. And it's just like a hardcore bullet hell shooter, but it's a really stylish one in which you can kind of change between different shots. You can switch between normal shot, piercing cannon, mosquito, and gravity hole bomb. And the gravity hole bomb pretty much destroyed 
not only your enemies, but also sucked up the bullets so you didn't get hit there. And it was a really great hardcore shooter for its time. You know, these days, if you try to hunt down a copy, like most of Capcom's uh, Dreamcast stuff, it goes for a pretty penny. It really does. These were these were highly collectible, and uh, this game was a lot of fun. And honestly, I'd love to see it get a re-release too. You know, put it in a package with the Gigawing games. You know, do like a, a hardcore shmup series. Uh, I'd pay good money for that. <laughs> It'd yeah. be great. But uh, I don't know. Have either of you guys played Mars Matrix as much as I have? Yeah, um, I actually own this game too. So yeah, um, same, I same. had it on on like the Dreamcast. Uh, it was just like a really cool shmup on there. Like back in the time, like when shmups were considered to be largely dead pretty much um so it, it was just really cool like to have that and uh kind of like you know to like experience that on on like the dreamcast which is already kind of like a great like i don't know just like arcade type of like console anyway like you know, having like all these like arcade perfect ports of games uh it's just really cool to add shmup on on there like along with all the fighting games and whatnot yeah i mean it's it's a game that i think deserves a lot more credit than it got you know capcom didn't exactly give it the greatest advertising when it came out but, you know, it had a great hardcore following, you know, and it got a lot of good ratings from uh, from different people at the press at the time. And it has a lot of great bonus features, too. There's an elite mode in case you want to take on an additional challenge, as well as a elite B mode, which is kind of cool. And there's a score challenge mode, a gallery, uh, and an interesting bug. Your score apparently can't go past 999 billion 999 million 999,990 points. I, I do like this game though, and I hopefully, you know, one day down the road we'll see a re release. You know, Capcom seems to, like I said, they seem to be keen on the idea that we want these old games back. So hopefully, three, they'll hold some surprises for us and not pile on everything into a home arcade stick. Mm. Have you played this, Jake James? No, I have not actually. And I would be totally cool if there was a collection, kind of like what they do with the beat em up collection. Uh, same vein like that'd be kind of cool because i think they have enough shmups within their library of games that they've developed to actually do something like that and then you could put a bunch of them together because those aren't really big games to design yeah if you have like a shooter collection with that and like the 1940 like um series and all oh, that yeah. so yeah yeah That's going to lead us now into our main topic, which is basically looking back at Capcom Arcade Classics. Uh, so this is basically in the vein of that like home arcade product that um, that like Capcom's coming out with, and um, it got us thinking anyway about like about all the amazing games that Capcom has come out with over the years for for the arcade. And uh, obviously, there's you know there's like the Street Fighter games a lot of people know about. There's Final Fight, Ghouls and Ghosts, all that stuff. Uh, so like a lot of like fighting games, a lot of beat 'em ups, and all that. Um, but like, I figure like we'll have Jake James kind of start us off with, um, as far as like what made Capcom basically a staple in the arcade scene, like what made them so important in that scene? Yeah, sure. So uh, you got to understand the thing is, is that I think you hit the nail right on the head. Like we've had games like Street Fighter 2 or franchises like Street Fighter, Street Fighter 2. We've had games like, you know, Ghouls and Ghosts or the Ghosts and Goblins series and a lot of others that came later on, like towards the mid to late nineties and then onward. I think right at the point when Street Fighter 2 came out is when Capcom became the Capcom that we all know. And that's what made it become a staple, even though they had games prior to it in the arcades. Again, you had stuff like Commander, you had 1942, you had Black Tiger, you had all these other games that had come out. Ghosts and Goblins, Ghouls and Ghosts, I think it was 1989. Vulgus. Came out. <laughs> yeah. Vulgus. Like a, a ton, a ton of different games, you know, shmups and different types of genres that they tackled. But people, I feel at least in my personal opinion, in the United States anyway, because obviously in Japan, it was a bigger deal there. But in, here in the United States, Capcom didn't really become Capcom as like a lot of people know it until Street Fighter 2 dropped. And that's when the conversation started becoming about, okay, what is Capcom, they're the Street Fighter 2 guys, and then they have all these other games on top of that, like Final Fight, etc. So that that's at least, you know, the point where I feel like they became the company we know today. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting, like, how they evolved 
like over that time, you know, they didn't just stop with Street Fighter. Next thing you know, you had stuff like Final Fight. You had stuff obviously like Ghouls and Ghosts. You had they catered to all different kinds of audiences. Like even games we weren't expecting to ask for, we got. You know, like nobody wanted Capcom to tackle survival horror at the time because it's like, why would you try to remake Alone in the Dark? But they did anyway. Then came Resident Evil. The rest is history. You know, the, they were able to like redefine themselves in in so many ways. And 90% of the time, it was really positive. You know, every once in a while, yeah, they released something cheesy, but then they'd nail something that would, you know, appeal to a hardcore audience, like Mega Man. Then they'd find something that appeals to a stylish audience, like Devil May Cry. And, you know, there's always that that corner that they turned where they surprised us in one form or another. And one of those surprises, I love bringing this up, uh, is when they started mixing in with other franchises. And that started with X-Men Children of the Atom. Because that would eventually lead to X-Men versus Street Fighter, one of the best crossover fighting games ever made, and one of the best Saturn games ever made, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> just like the Versus series in general, pretty much. Yeah, that, you yeah. know, Marvel vs. Capcom, Marvel vs. Capcom 2. I even liked Infinite. I think Infinite got a raw deal because fans put over-expectation into that. I mean, hopefully mm-hmm. we'll see Capcom 4 and give it some justification, because I think... Well, Dragon Ball Fighter is also like being paired along with it. Too. Oh, yeah. Kind of, yeah, exactly. I think that was just a timing thing. Yeah. It was. I, I really hope was it comes back thing. strong. I, don't, I hope they don't throw that franchise away because that is a key franchise for them. And then, like, even the oddball stuff. Like, I, I mentioned the Dreamcast stuff. You know, like, Cannon Spike. Cannon Spike was surprisingly addictive for just a shooter. And it was kind of weird how you could play as either, you know, Cammy on roller skates or Mega Man or Giant Arthur from Ghosts and Goblins. You know, that, it, like, Mega Armor. It was kind of crazy. And that did have, like, an arcade version, I believe, too, right? Mm-hmm, right. There was more of an arcade appeal in Japan. Like, you know, Street Fighter Four got an arcade release in Japan, and I think we got it here years later, but it was very limited. I, it yeah. was a difference in market. It was mostly imported, I think, because I've seen those Street Fighter Four arcade cabinets, but those were really imported from Japan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I do have, like, a little pop quiz for you guys. Do you know what Capcom stands for? Oh, man, I, I know this, but I, I forgot it over the years. Pop quiz hotshot. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, wait is there a prize I, attached? I to, are you going to send me something if oh I get it God. right? <laughs> oh, my God, I can't remember. As far as I know, it, it was it was some sort of capsule computers, I want to think. It was, capsule it was, computers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank one. you very much. Okay, it's, not, it's not Captain Commando. So <laughs> Yeah. No, no, it's not Captain Commando. No, I knew it was like something. Although that like was a, a brand on the NES because for the while right. there, they had the Capcom Commando branded games. But yeah, I think what it was, they had merged with another company and they took the name Capsule Computers and they, they cut it down to become Capcom. And well, yeah, they, they merged with, uh, with Zombie, it looks Zombie. like. Zombie. Um, but, um, company, yeah. But but basically the that that like compound word of like you know Capcom from Capsule Computers like Capsule Computers is actually a term by Capcom to describe the arcade machines that they manufactured. So oh. even right from the beginning, as far as like the name itself, like they knew that like you know that's where the, like their arcade roots were. That's why I like I feel like with their focus on like arcade games and making quality arcade games, like that's that's where like you know when they like rule at the kind of like the arcade like scene pretty much with games like Street Fighter and like you know with uh, Final Fight and like all these other games. Um, it, it really kind of like drove home as far as like what the reputation was really like kind of all about in that sense. Yeah. So let me ask you this, like real quickly, like because Mega Man, the Mega Man series came out before Street Fighter. A lot of people really resonate with the Mega Man series. Do you feel like that could be an argument made that that's when Capcom really became like the Capcom that we know in the home market when the Mega Man 1, 2, and 3 came out on NES? I wouldn't be surprised if it was because you remember the appeal of the series. Like the first one did pretty good, but it was when Mega Man 2 came out. 2 was where That was is where people really started to resonate with the series. But they also got there are other home boards too. You know, they got into Gunsmoke. 1942 was there. Um, you know, they, they had a, a line of like original games, like Codename Viper. 
That's heavily overlooked, but I thought that was a really good um, shoot 'em up on the NES too. And uh, speaking of Mega Man as well, uh, there was also Mega Man: The Power Battle, which is like that uh, the like fighting game that that came up to arcades. Yeah. I think that's on the home arcade too, isn't it? Or is that a different Mega Man? Game? Yeah, I think actually, you know, I think I think it was. I have to double check that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Mega Man: The Power Battles is on there. So that's also like another way of like being able to play that game too. It wasn't like a great game by any means, but it was just kind of like a rare thing that you just very like sel- seldomly see there, like in the arcade scene. Yeah, Punisher was also like a game that they worked on. Yeah, I remember that. Um, I'll tell you this though. Um, just kind of go off on a little quick thing here. It was kind of interesting how they keep up the home business and the arcade business so closely knit, you know, like at the time they were doing Mega Man on the NES, they were kind of out drag out double dragoning double dragon with final fight and arcades. Mm, And I I thought that was really well done. You know, and then it started off their little, you know, kickoff of beat em ups like alien versus predator punisher Knights of the round, stuff like that. And Knights of the round is a big one too. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, they, they really nailed down the core business of how to bring people in arcades while at the same time also appealing to a home audience. And that carried over into the Super Nintendo as well. You know, we got ports of Final Fight, Final Fight Guy, apparently, for people who wanted it. (laughs) And then the Final Fight sequels, you know, and then they started porting over their games. But they did original stuff, too. Demon's Crest comes to mind. And it was just really nuts how they were able to balance the two. And with Street Fighter 2 taking off, that was monumental. Because with Street Fighter 2 getting the popularity it was and starting the fighting genre as we know it today, they could have focused on that and made money alone. But instead, they continue to cover their other bases, too. I mean, you, you've seen some companies who, who, like, you know, they focus on, like, Epic Games and Fortnite. They, they canceled on Real Tournament. They canceled this. They canceled that to focus on Fortnite. But Capcom didn't take that route. You know, they focused on their Street Fighter core audience, sure. But they also remembered to do Mega Man sequels and all, and all that. You know, they found that balance when it came to that business. And they did really well with it for several years they experimented a lot especially like coming off of street fighter 2 and even the versus series i would argue they experimented a lot even with the fighting genre because look at all those other fighting game franchises we got besides like dark stalkers we got rival schools we got like all these other obscure fighting games that like haven't even really gotten a re-release at some point that that are like really obscure and really out there but like there's still elements of those like you know popular games that are still in there so they really kind of like tested the waters here and there yeah they did really well with it you know and they continued through the years too you know like on playstation we got games that we didn't really expect like their their first foray into 3d fighting games uh star gladiator i don't know if you guys right. remember that one i remember that yeah it, it was good <laughs> i mean it was not tekken good but it was still pretty good for like yeah. their and then we got resident evil obviously and that took the major focus obviously because people mm-hmm. love dogs jumping through windows but there were also resident evil arcade games too right yeah i think there was a there was the light gun games yeah right? yeah the light gun games i think that's what it was they were limited compared to the home versions but people still liked them especially in Japan. yeah they weren't as good as like house of the dead or anything but i remember them being somewhat okay yeah they, they were pretty good and lately we're seeing more of a celebration of their legacy you know we've got street fighter 30th anniversary collection we've got the disney afternoon collection which is brilliant because I really don't want to pay $200 for Rescue Rangers 2. I don't. You know, Capcom Arcade Cabinet was a good one because had Black Tiger and all these other classics in there. And then yeah, Black Beat Tiger, Sansan, I believe, was another yeah, one too. Yeah, Volgus was in there. Yeah. Uh, and Volgus, then um, yeah. obviously. Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. It's another game that we have, that we have to mention. Oh, we too. need. Yeah, that needs to come back. I like that one. So, um, as far as like Ghosts and Goblins, Ghouls and Ghosts, and all that, um, you know, as far as like their like arcade iterations, though, uh, have you guys played those? Or? Yes. 
Ghosts, ghouls and ghosts specifically. Ghosts and goblins they had down at uh, my local 7-Eleven. And I remember like cursing so loud, the clerk was wondering if the machine was broken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was was like the arcade version like harder than, than, than like the NES version or SNES version? No, they're just as hard. They're both just as hard. The NES version, the way it was programmed, I think it was a little harder because the controls weren't as precise as the arcade game. But the difficulty was definitely just there. better presentation. Yeah, yeah, and not to mention the fact you had you were cursing yourself when you made it all the way through the first quest. Be like, oh no, okay, now I got to go back, but I got to go back with a shitty weapon, <laughs> the, the bracelet right, or yeah. whatever it was. And it was yeah, those games, those uh, games are infamous for that. Like especially Ghouls and Ghosts, at least in my experience. Like I've I played that so many times as, as like a young kid on my Sega Genesis, and that's like not an easy thing to do, especially when you don't have the patience to go through everything you just went through again and stuff. But the, the arcade version of that that I kind of had limited experience with it, even. Though again, I love that that game specifically. It's still just as hard as the console ones. Like they're both just like ridiculously hard. There was like another game too, like on that uh, on that like home arcade um, like product that that Capcom's coming out with uh, called Pro Gear. Now I don't know too much about Pro Gear, but I don't know if you played it at all, Robert. Or... Not that one. I mean, that is one of the curious ones I got here because it was developed by one of my favorite companies. It was made by Cave. You know, the guys yeah, that worked right. on the Death Smile series and everything. And it was a really fun um, gunning game, I believe it was. I haven't really seen too much of an action. I want to see it, but again, I don't want to pay $300 to do it. So I remember it like more for like the artwork because like yeah. the artwork is just like stunning in this Wasn't game. Wasn't like a steampunk style presentation with it? I think. Yeah, basically. It yeah, it's like steampunk kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really cool, though. Yeah, and like, uh, like I'm just kind of hoping that, you know, again, that this will be, like, available in some way uh, outside this home arcade product. So we'll, we can kind of like, wait and see on that. Um, but, yeah, we, we had, like, some some listener responses as well as far as, like, um, you know, as far as, like, people's, like, favorite uh, Capcom arcade games specifically. Um, I'll start off with here with uh, Ken Gagne, who, said, who mentions Magic Sword. So I don't think Magic Sword is one that, that we mentioned mm-hmm. here. Yeah, that's Good on one. the uh, Final yeah. Fight Double Impact release. Uh which exactly. Is mm-hmm. one, thankfully. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, Steven Gustafsson, he says Cadillac and Dinosaurs. So like that's, that's definitely one that um, I think like a lot of people kind of missed out on. But like it was another one that's based on like a property, kind of like Aliens versus Predator, um, that I don't think got like too much of a wide release, but it was still like a lot of fun for sure. Um, Justin Pinter says uh, Alien vs. Predator, Final Fight, Marvel vs. Capcom. I mean, obviously, you can't really go wrong with any of the versus games, pretty much, or like a lot of beat em ups as well, like, like Knights of the Round, things like right. that. Um, Marcelo Abbins, who says Saturday Night Slam Masters and Black Tiger. Ooh, yes. Um, so I am a, I'm a huge Saturday Night Slam Masters fan, uh, specifically the SNES game. Um, but I know that the, uh, let me see, I think in Japanese arcades only, I want to say that there was a Saturday Night Slam Masters sequel that looks really, really freaking cool. And I, I've, I've never played it, but mm. I would love to see that get like some sort of release, uh, like stateside. Also, uh, Chris Hodges here he says, I don't know if it's my favorite, but for some reason, few games tickle my nostalgia for late 80s arcades more so than Ghouls and Ghosts. It just seems to encapsulate that era of arcades for me, the uh, the gameplay, the graphics, and especially the music. So if you hear that Ghouls and Ghosts like music, pretty much like you know what you're in for pretty much at that point. Yeah, death, lots of death and lots of underwear. Mm-hmm, death mm-hmm. in underwear. And um, Alex McCumbers here, uh, who mentions a game here, actually, that we haven't mentioned here before yet, uh, Forgotten Worlds. Um, yeah. So Forgotten Worlds is so damn satisfying on consoles, twin stick excellence. So um, Can I, mm-hmm. before you go on with your next one, I want to just bring up a quick story here. Sure. So um, about a couple of years ago, I was at E3, and with my good friends, John Edward Sylvester and Amber Osborne, and we're hanging out at Button Mash, right? And, you know, we're start talking about, we're just like, oh, man, I miss Forgotten Worlds. I haven't played Forgotten Worlds forever. And she's not realizing, like, there's the arcade cabinet right behind her. <laughs> and so I pointed out, like, oh, Forgotten Worlds. And now, like, every once in a while on social <laughs> it's media. It's not forgotten after all. 
Yeah, it's it's remembered world. Uh, no, it's uh, but I'll, I'll post a picture of Forgotten World and be like, hey, look, it's John and Amber's favorite video game. <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, you got a home port on PSP. Yeah, anyway, right. go ahead. Didn't mean to, I just wanted to tell that fun little story. Oh yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, so I went to Reddit as well here, and uh, let's see, Dave Twelve uh, mentions a whole bunch of games here. So there's a Super Turbo, uh, Alien vs Predator, Cyanide Slam Masters, The Punisher, uh, 1942, 1943, Commando as well. Uh, the Capcom versus SNK games, obviously. Mm, yeah, yeah. Oh, two. yeah. I just reviewed two. one of those games. Two, yes. Two, yeah. Mm-hmm. Two, yeah. Two, two is great. And um, yeah, one was good too, but like two was like where it really like, like defined as, I guess, like as far as like what those games were all about. Honestly, real talk, that's, I feel like we're going to get another one of those at some point because SNK has been on a good rise lately. And I feel like now is as good as time. Like it's almost right for that thing to happen again. And I feel like since Marvel vs. Cap- Capcom hasn't really done that well, a lot of people were really divided about Infinite. That'd be a great way for Capcom to revisit the Versus series, to go to SNK and be like, let's Slide let's make there. a new one. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. they have like, they have the 2D style gameplay and they have the 3D models and stuff. So they can make stuff like that work. I really think yeah. that could be and besides, we'll, we'll probably get that before we get Tekken versus Street Fighter. I'll tell you. Yeah, oh exactly. yeah, yeah, for sure. For <laughs> sure. Uh, I mean, SNK did did announce. And I don't think we mentioned this in the original story earlier, but uh, they they did announce that they are looking to come out with at least two games every year, uh, starting with 2020. Um, yep. So one of those two games that we'll see in 2020 on possibly might be a Capcom versus SNK three. I wouldn't personally expect it until like I don't know 2022 or something along those lines. You, you know what? There's always an announcement that can be made at Evo because you know that's got SNK and Capcom fans all over the place. Course, that would yeah. be the place oh, to drop what? an announcement for part three. Definitely, it would be. Yeah. Go ahead, David. Yep. Um, so there's also Jackal Watt who says, not counting things they only publish, such as Mars Matrix and Giga Wing, uh, Pro Gear, Demo Who, and all that. Uh, it mentions Black Tiger, The Punisher, Section Z as well. I don't think that's one that's different. Yeah. Old school. Uh, Forgotten Worlds and Magic Sword as well. Um, and there's also, oh yeah, and uh, there's also DT Jam who says Willow. Uh, so Willow was an arcade game too, Willow? right? Yeah, really? and I think they did a home version too, but it was completely different. Mm. But I like the arcade game. I thought the arcade game was because you could switch between um, Willow and Map Mardigan on certain stages, and it was it really presented a, a pretty nice. It was pretty nicely done. It just didn't get wide distribution because the movie didn't do as well as many were hoping. But it, you know, it's a cult classic now. Right, yeah, because I remember, um, I remember mainly the NES game, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, see that that's something that you know re release that Capcom. Give us a history lesson. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> do it, do it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it looks like that's all the ones I have right there. But uh, yeah. yeah, thanks, thanks to everyone there for um, for like sharing what your favorite Capcom arcade games. I were. did want to give a, a few particular games a shout out. Yeah, sure. Um, first off, Little Nemo, the Dream Master on NES. I thought this was a, a really well done game. Mm-hmm. Uh, really cool platformer at the time, you know, and it didn't really have much marketing to go on. So I thought that was cool. Um, Azra's Wrath. Tell me if you guys remember this one in Xbox 360. I do. This, this was a blast <laughs> in terms of like... Like being like this character with six arms, super powerful and shit. It was great. So it was really great. Obviously, there was no arcade version of Asura's Wrath, but what yeah, would a home. yeah, but, but but what would an arcade version of Asura's Wrath look like? Would it be like one of those things like where you know, like one of those like kind of punch meter things, like where it pulls straight up, up pad, quick time events? And this, yeah, exactly, like Fist of North Star kind of style kind of thing. You know? Oh my god! Yeah, you you just punch the six pads, you are already dead. Exactly. That was, yeah, yeah. That was probably their most hype, most epic game they've ever developed. Everything about that is so anime, it's ridiculous. 
Yeah. It needs a re- it needs uh, like Xbox One. I'm telling you guys, make it happen. There you go. There <laughs> um, you go. Another title I want to bring up, obviously, Zack and Wiki Quest for Barbaros Treasure. I thought this was a really well done Wii game. Took advantage of their abilities there. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to the Power Stone series. I thought that was great. Obviously, and we need a Power Stone three. Those who those, rem- I, th- I, th- I think the Power Stone games had arcade versions too, right? Yeah, um, I think in Japan. I think it was yeah. the second yeah. one they got an arcade release. Okay. Um, uh, and I know they I came up just wanted to make sure that, that we focus on like arcade games. That's why. So, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. Um, okay, back to arcade then. Uh, UN Squadron. UN Squadron. Yeah, that that's right. Yeah, because uh, I remember that was uh, was that an SNES um, launch title as well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah I, I think it was. I never played um, the, the like arcade version, but like, the SNES game is really, really good. So Yeah, yeah. Now, let me ask you a question. Did Rival Schools United by Fate or Project Justice get arcade? Yes. yes. I think it Project did. Justice yes, did. It, did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it came out in arcade first before PlayStation. Right, right, right. Okay. I'm just making sure on that there because, I mean, I've never seen them, but I think they'd be great. I have. I played on an arcade machine for that one time. It's actually, again, it's pretty cool. It's exactly what you would expect it to be. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. It's really cool. Sorry about going off on the home release there. I just thought it was kind of cool. Again, to kind of balance. That's why I wouldn't like to talk on to like Resident Evil and Mega Man and all that. I was like, mm, let's let's bring it back to arcades, guys. <laughs> you know? I know. I, I just wanted to say real quick, one title I forgot I was playing this week was Ace Attorney Trilogy. Oh, okay. that's fun. right. Anyway, but we can talk about it later. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> oh, sure. Ahead, David, sorry. Yeah, it's all good. David's all like, good. focus on arcades. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to reel the, like, the topic because the topic is about arcade I'll just, games. I'll so. just jump back in the water. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> so thank you to everyone who shared their favorite Capcom arcade games. It was a lot of fun there. And uh, Robert, I believe you have a game code here to give away. Um, I do have a game code to give away here. Now, some interesting stuff has happened this week. As you guys know, the, the Notre Dame Cathedral... Um, caught fire this weekend, and a lot of the outside was damaged. Fortunately, the interior is all right, and a lot of people have been contributing to have it rebuilt. Uh, this includes Ubisoft. Uh, they donated 500,000 pounds for its rebuilding, but they also did this neat thing here where Assassin's Creed Unity apparently is going to be used as part of a method to rebuild the outside of the cathedral because they recreated the cathedral in Unity brick by brick. Like, you know, every bit of it. There's one artist took two years to render it, right? And that's really cool. And you can actually get Assassin's Creed Unity right now for free on Uplay uh, PC. But I also have a code here to give away for the Xbox One version because I want you guys to celebrate it as well. So uh, let me go ahead and give that away here. It is 4WPKHQW2C79KRDDR6HK9. VVGTZ. That is for Assassin's Creed Unity on Xbox One. Enjoy. And if you do redeem it, please let us know at twitter.com slash argcast. Thanks, guys. Choose your character. So that's going to lead us now to the part of the show called Random Select. So this is a yes or no 15 question game to guess which video game character that I am this week. Uh, so basically it's going to be Jake, James, and Robert acting as a team to guess which video game character that I am. Uh, if after five questions that they don't get it, I'll give the first hint. After 10, I'll give the second hint. And if after 15 questions that they don't get it, then it's game over, as Raul Julia would say. So whenever you guys are ready, you can start off with the first yes or no question. Okay, Robert, we gotta we gotta get this because last time I was on here we messed up. We didn't have it good, so we gotta get it right. Now. You you messed up. I'm perfect. I don't know what you're about that. I will know they're tonight, but we gotta get this right this time. Okay. Well, we know it's a Capcom character unless he's messing with us. So, okay. uh, why don't you start us off, Jake? So we don't okay. mess up. Okay. So, is this character part of a fighting game? Um, this character has been in a fighting game. Yes. Okay. Hmm. 
Well, that could be anybody. <laughs> yeah, right. It doesn't help. <laughs> Do you have a sword? Um, in a sense, yes. In a sense, in a sense, okay. not 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 in a traditional sense. I'll say. Oh, okay. I got okay. a good one. So, I got a good one. Okay, go. I got, go. I got a good one. Is this character a ninja? No. Oh, damn. Nice try, though. I like where you're going there, because mm-hmm. I, I kind of thought it was a... I, thought it was I like your thinking, myself. kid. <laughs> you're right. You got a good head on your shoulders. You're, right, thinking, thinking, you're thinking outside the box. That's good on you. Thinking That's they're good. ninjas. Yeah, yeah, I know about ninjas. <laughs> okay. Um, did you have a release in the Super Nintendo era? Ooh, let me double check that, actually. Hold on. <laughs> we, we stumped him. Stumped we stumped got him. Man. We got yep. him. Get those Capcom yeah, quarters ready, people. We're coming for that lunch. <laughs> get in that pudding. Yeah, get that pudding. Get that pudding. That would be the name of the episode. Get that pudding. Uh, yes, yes. I did have a okay. game on the Super Nintendo. In the okay. Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo. Okay. Okay. Hmm. okay, does this character have a series that is more than two games? Hmm. Well, again, Stump I, the band. I love it. Yeah, I just want to be sure about it, but I'm going to say no. No. Oh, no. okay. So, so that, that the limits f- it. Okay. The first hint. The first hint here is I don't fight alone. Okay, I got a guess here. Are you Hagger from Final Fight? No. Ah. Oh, but I'm on the right track. I mean, it, it could. <laughs> it, it's. It could be from a number of beat up ups, and I don't remember any of the characters' names. It doesn't in... fight alone, so. Yeah. So it's got to be a. It's got to be a beat 'em up. So we're on the right trail. I just. We're, I don't know how many individual characters we can guess. <laughs> I mean, on the Super Nintendo, doesn't fight alone. Okay, yeah. he has a sword somewhat. Yeah. yeah I, I, so in, I'm guessing a weapon that you pick up in game. So I'm thinking it's a beat 'em up. Yeah, it's it's either that or some something along the lines like. Something that's, that's a sword, but not a sword. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. Um, um, is this person a fan of hot piping ham and an oil drum? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so it's not Final Fight. Okay, that was not a good. That was not a good question. You know what? Fans. Yours. You don't have a question. I'm doing work here. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, All right. So go ahead. You get the okay, next two. Okay. Try, take the next. I'm two. Trying, I'm, okay. I'll take the next two. Okay. Ooh. But I'm trying to think of a good one because if this person doesn't fight alone. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not Arthur. But he's right? not in it, and then not a ninja. And, and he's not, in a fighting uh, game. He's he's in a fighting game. So it's got to be. He's in a fighting. I got a, oh another guess, but I'll wait till you do yours because I've already took one. Oh my God, this is shit. tough because because <laughs> I'm thinking I'm thinking like a bunch of characters, but like. Oh my god! Like, I don't want to screw it up. Like, yeah, I, I got an idea. Okay. But oh, I'll here, here, know. I got a, I got a good one. Has this character been in a Street Fighter game? No. Okay, now okay. I have a good that, idea who it might be. Up. All right, do you want me to guess, or do you want to take your next one? Yeah, take, take, take your guess. Yeah. Are you Just Captain Commando? Yes. So I did. I had to eliminate the obvious because Final Fight is the first thing you think of. Because Hagar is in a fighting game, Cody's in a fighting game, and Guy's in a fighting game. Yeah. Yep. So, you know. Yeah. So, and, and when you ask about like the sword, it's like, mm, he doesn't have a sword, but he does do the captain sword. Well, no, he, 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 um, he does the captain sword move, remember, like from Marvel's mm-hmm. Capcom. So, mm-hmm. and that's, that's really just like a big laser beam that he uses with like the rest of his teammates and brings them down, basically. So, <laughs> um, that's yeah. a far reach. I'm just saying. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, like, it's not a sword, really, but it's a sword like move, yeah. basically. So, yeah. And uh, what was, what was the second clue? Uh, the second clue was in another game. I am the king of anti-air because it was Captain Corridor moves. <laughs> nice. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say something like, you know, one of my partners is a child with a robot. Yeah, I, 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 was, 
I I was tempted that's to like mention the fact that they has like yeah they has like a teammate that that's uh, that's like a baby riding a mech and everything. But I, I think like you know the moment I mentioned anything about like a baby, you would know exactly who it was. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. But definitely got on the job, right guys. trail there. We got it. We didn't blow it this time, Jake. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Good job. Good job, good job, guys. What, good what, job. what did we win? Because remember, I got the other thing right too. What did I win? A job well done. Well, a job well done. A can, I just have a back. Job? can I can I just have a job? Can I just have can a just job? Have a job? Yeah. Just hey buddy, can I have a job? Come on, man. We'll we'll pay for switch games. <laughs> you got a good head on your shoulders, kid. You get to yeah, keep your quarters. That's what you get. Oh yeah, yeah. I, get keep my, I get to keep my pudding. I'm good. You get to keep your pudding, exactly. I won't steal your pudding. How about that? <laughs> you get your pudding and you get to eat it too. Enjoy your pudding. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And uh so that's gonna lead us into uh into like a patron shout outs here so I'll, I'll, I'll quickly give like the shout outs here to francisco limas and mac the ball so thank you guys for uh for helping support us on patreon uh that's at patreon.com slash artcast if you wish to support us or check out like all the uh different like tiers like for perks that you can get for uh, for, uh, for basically supporting us so thank you uh, yeah. thank you again for checking that out and before we close out the show, I do want to mention one more news story here because this has got me and jake is it jake or is it jake james i just call you jake it's Jake James or Jake. Oh, James. sorry, man. You messed yeah. it up, Rob. Come on. I well, can't get names right anywhere on this show. Yeah, nobody's <laughs> Jake James then. <laughs> Forget that. I've been called James Jake. I've been called Jacob James. James like, Jake. How do you Jake, <laughs> Jacob, <laughs> Jingleheimer Schmitz. It's my oh day. My <laughs> Shame on you people. Shame. Shame. See, this is what Shame. happens. This is what happens when I ask for clarification. Shit happens. But in all seriousness, we do have some good news. Uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 The Black Order is releasing on July 19th for Nintendo Switch. It will mark the first time in over in a decade that the series is making its return. It is being developed by Team Ninja, published by Nintendo. As a Switch exclusive, that is a huge get, I think. And releasing it over the summer while we're still buzzing over Endgame, which, by the way, next week. And, of course, Spider-Man yeah. Far From Home. I mean, I'm eager to see what Team Ninja does with this. You know, I, I, I'm too. a fan of the anime, or animated style that this game has. I like the, the, the local <laughs> multiplayer. I like the fact it has Miles Morales and Spider-Gwen. I That's really cool too. That. Yeah. yeah. You know what I hope? I really hope that this game follows suit with MV uh was it Marvel Ultimate Alliance one where you have multiple characters that have multiple costumes because I always mm. loved that about the game where you had like four costumes per character and they were all based on different eras of the comics that they were a part of. That yeah, to me is really yeah. cool. That's awesome extras and Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2 didn't have that. And I was so disappointed. You know what? 2 did have the team up attacks and I want to see those come back cuz those were a lot of fun to execute in the game. Hopefully yeah. we'll see those come back as well, but Why this not is both? a huge <laughs> yeah, why not both? You know, and I, I think between this Fire Emblem and Super Mario Maker 2 and whatever they announce at E3, Nintendo's going to have one hell of a summer. But yeah. I, I will say this on a somber note, it won't be the same without Reggie. Uh, I know he retired this week. He had his li- last of his celebrations yesterday. He has a Twitter account now. I mean, I'm going to miss him. He was such a vital part of the company. But now he gets to play Nintendo Switch with the rest of us. Who knows? We might you know, pair up with him in Marvel Ultimate Line 3. He'd be like, I get Wolverine because my body is ready. But Robert, who's going to kick ass and take names now? <laughs> uh, I guess Bowser? Bowser's I guess so, yeah. yeah I guess Bowser is now. literally in charge of the company. So He's taking the ass-kicking reins right now. Funny story, but since we're talking about Reggie, uh, every time I see him at E3, he always walks around with like security guards that are like well, bigger he has, like, than him. Yeah. Swear, I know. He has like a posse. But I swear to God, I think that the security guards are scared of him because you just look <laughs> at him and he looks like he could press, literally bench press every single one of them. Like, He's yeah. Donkey Kong in real life, basically. Yeah, <laughs> did you did you not see the, the, you know, the Nintendo Direct where his puppet had like gigantic arms that were bigger than his whole yeah. body? 
That, that right, was a, yeah. That's a real thing. I'm telling you. Reggie, <laughs> Reggie's body, his arms are that big. He'd be like, yeah, Reggie goes where he wants. Reggie. Yeah, he's, he's a big dude. He's a big dude. For sure. He yeah. is. Uh, but Reggie, happy retirement, buddy. You've earned it. Thank you for everything that you've done and all that stuff. And we look forward to whatever you do next on Twitter. We will be following you for sure. That's twitter.com slash Reggie. And one final shout out. My buddy, uh, Matthew Hayes has just landed a job doing social media over there for the team at Ubisoft. I used to work with him at Comic Book. He's a good guy with a good head on his shoulders. He likes retro stuff, so I suppose I'll give him a shout-out there. So kudos to you landing that job, buddy. Congrats. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, that's basically our cast episode 157 in the books. And, Jake James, where can people go to find your work? You guys can find me in a variety of different places. I'm on Twitter at Jake James Lugo. No, I actually changed my Twitter handle recently. So, no longer with the bad like usernames at Jake James Lugo on Twitter. It's at Gamers with Games on Instagram. I'm posting a lot on there almost daily. Uh, I'm also on YouTube. Again, I just hit over 1,300 subscribers recently on my channel. It's youtube.com slash Gamers with Games channel. Drop me a follow, drop me a subscribe. You know, check out some of the videos I'm posting there every single week. A lot of different content. And of course, on the coalition.com, I'm actually writing reviews, doing previews, doing interviews, and a whole bunch other great content that i know you guys will really love yeah follow this guy he'll have all the owl memes for you it's great um yeah. <laughs> uh, also while you're yes. checking out uh, online work i am working with the team at godhatesgeeks.com doing reviews for them you'll see cuphead from me this week as well as katana zero i also work with the team at game revolution and superhero hype i'm doing stuff for them in the meantime and got some good news stories going on for them and if you want to see david's stuff he's obviously got stuff going on nintendoenthusiast.com he will be reviewing katana zero soon and hopefully he'll be joining us in the cuphead ranks Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed. If you want to follow the ArtCast on Twitter, we are at ArtPodcast. Same thing for Facebook, facebook.com slash ArtPodcast. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at TheGuiltyMan. If you follow me on Twitter, it's at Twitter.com slash TheDCD, and you can find my work at the sites I just mentioned. Please be sure to check out our partner site, Don't Feed the Gamers, at Don'tFeedTheGamers.com. That's run by our good friend Liana Ruppert, where her team give fan-centric news and reviews in gaming. If you'd like to send us any feedback, opinions, retro games, or topics for us to cover, or anything at all, really, you can email us at ardcasts at retrozap.com, and be sure to check out retrozap.com for all sorts of other amazing podcasts. It's your home away from home if you're crazy about Star Wars or pop culture in general. There's also us with ArtCast, so be sure to find us on iTunes to subscribe, give us five stars, and tell your neighbors. We're also on Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. So there's absolutely no reason to not follow another retro gaming podcast. And yeah, that is episode number 157 in the books. Until next time, keep it retro and try not to wander off the lake, because I see you do that often. I don't know what it is. Yeah. (laughs) Or I'm coming for that lunch money, son. No, I'm sorry. You said, you said I could keep my pudding. No, you (laughs) said. I'm taking all the pudding. No, you're not taking, no, you're not, you, no, no. You'll take I'm a taking, beating. Yes. You'll take a beating, yes. but you're not taking the pudding. Sorry, so you're going to wake up tomorrow morning and there's going to be pudding in your Okay, pudding. you're the <laughs> alien and I'm the predator and things are about to go down. Boys, boys, I'm going to turn this car around if you don't behave. <laughs> Sorry, man. Got to reel you guys in. Got to reel you guys in. <laughs> da, da, da. Quit, quit, trying, quit trying to make me wander off in your direction, man. Maybe I, I know, don't. I got to be the party pooper over here, yeah. Yeah, next thing, next thing you're going to tell me there's not going to be another SNK Capcom game. I'm not that mean. <laughs> yeah, please don't be that mean. I mean, it's bad enough to this. <laughs> but we will see you guys <laughs> next week. Until then, take care. Catch you guys later.
Hello, my name's Richard Moss, and I make a podcast called The Life and Times of Video Games. It's a narrative and documentary-style show about games' history and how the medium has evolved over time. Each episode or bonus interview soundbite delves into some aspect of the ups and downs of the industry, or the design, development, and legacy of the best or most interesting games ever made. It's all carefully edited, complete with original music and sound design, and a mix of interviews and deep research. All set up to tell you a great story about the secret worlds behind or within video games. I hope you enjoy the show.